This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. We are here to talk about the events of Game Week 3 and look ahead to Game Week 4. I, of course, am Brandon, and I'm here with my co-host, Josh. Hey, Brandon. Josh, are you happy this week, or are you sad? <laughs> I I am happy. Uh, y- you know, it was... It's the, you know, I had to wild card a little earlier than I planned to. Um, I mean, anytime you're wild carding before week three, things have not gone exactly according to plan. Uh, I mean, I was thinking at least, I mean, I, I, well, I, uh, I, I mean, pe- the, I think early wild cards are not terribly uncommon. I, and I have traditionally wild carded pretty early, but I, I don't think I've ever done it before the third week of the season. Uh, but it was a good week, uh, much like before the start of the season. You you want to focus on the good things, not the negatives, right? Like a lot of players who performed really well this weekend are players that I had on my wild card team at one time or another, uh, you know. And you just have to block that out because I, I scored fifty seven points, which is uh, twelve above average. Uh, got goals from three different players, which were three more goals than my team had scored uh, before um, before game week three. I, I, I had like, I think I had one assist total. And that was like a Tridini assist in the in game week one. So you got more goals in game week three just from your defensive back line than you had the rest of your squad the first two weeks. Yeah, I got infinity percent more goals this week. <laughs> uh, and when the week was finally over, I jumped. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I've ever actually been this low. I was at 2.8 million. I've jumped up to 2,081,000. So I've jumped about 730,000 spots, I guess. Total. So that's one step closer to your goal of finishing in the top 2 million. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I just want to get into the uh, the uh, fantasy Premier League Cup that they have every year uh, starting the week, whatever so it is. Did you, did you have any inkling that I was also going to play my wild card this week? No, because you gave no inkling. <laughs> <You> gave- <laughs> this this is this is something we occasionally um, argue about because I'm very cagey and don't like to talk about my uh, transfers. I try to like uh, be very. Um, uh, I I try to employ a lot of gamesmanship. Right, and I walk around agonizing to anybody who will listen about exactly what moves I plan to make. Uh, what 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 might go wrong with those moves? Uh, what. Like why I can never win, you know. It's it's really even like what I'm doing well. I'm I'm just agonizing like like there's no there's no winning for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I always do play my wild card very early in the season, and um, for me, I think there's really no other way to do it because there's always that feeling, usually two or, or maybe three or four, if you're lucky, weeks into it, where. Um, you feel like you finally do have a feel of uh, what players are going to shake out, what teams uh, are in form. Like the Community Shield, as we know, is is uh, not a barometer that we can really rely upon. Yeah, I, I had thought that, bef- that before week four, there was a chance that I might do it uh, because 
I had assumed that Man City would start slowly because they were, you know, away to Stoke, uh, home to Chelsea, and away to Everton the first three games, right? These are not easy fixtures. Uh, they're not know, bankable. They're not bankable. The, the, the team didn't change very much in the offseason, so I thought, all right, I'm not going to invest at all in Man City. And then in week four, I'll bring in Aguero and, you know, maybe another midfielder. Like, we'll see. Yeah, I, and, felt, I felt the same way. And because City... Nobody, nobody in our 17-person mini-league had a Manchester City player to speak of. And then after one, two game weeks, everyone just had this Manchester City-sized hole in their squad. I saw, yeah. I saw no other way. Well, on top was- of Manchester City, to play the wild card, uh, there were going to be a lot of key players with price rises happening immediately Sure, that you really had to get on board with early. Aguero... Uh, I mean, not even playing a full match went up by 0.1 million. It's yeah, it's very interesting too. Uh, you know, com- contrasted with with Chelsea, who um, had a you know basically a terrible start to the season. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, Chelsea didn't bring in that many players, and they look exhausted and in need of fresh blood, which they actually got with Pedro this week. Uh, Man City, the only change they really made was bringing in um, Raheem Sterling, who looked a little better at Game Three, but wasn't. Um, Certainly wasn't a difference maker in the first two game weeks, um, and it's just interesting how um, one team looks like they're, you know, in midseason form. And the other team looks like it, like the last season never ended. Yeah, no, it's it's so true. So, um, speaking of winners and losers, let's touch upon our MVPs and losers of the week bef- uh, before we jump into game week three's fixtures. Um, anybody really please you this week? <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I, I mean, fantasy yeah. wise. So I, the, I was pretty excited. Uh, something like the 85th, I mean, fantasy Premier League wise. <laughs> just uh, any fantasy. <laughs> uh, yeah. R- Raheem uh, Merez uh, really pleased me in, uh, in every way, really. Fantasy and otherwise. <laughs> he's, he's not uh, a bad looking dude. Um, he also pleases me because every time I see his name, I think of the great college radio um, music act, Jason Merez. <laughs> so I'm always imagining yeah. uh, Raid Merez on the field wearing a trucker hat and maybe playing an acoustic guitar. And I think we're saying his name. It's it's Riyad Merez, right? I, it's hard. It's a hard one to hard one to get down. It's another one to throw in the Bournemouth category. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I brought in uh, I brought in Merez, and uh, I mean a total bandwagon pick, right? But what I what I made my wild card, he was actually the first player I put on my team. You know, partially because. Uh, you know, I, I thought his price was going to rise, but also, I mean, the, the fixtures for Leicester coming up are excellent, and he he you know he finished last year really strong. I mean, I, I should have just had him on my team to begin with, really. I mean, at five point five, he's just an incredible bargain. Well, uh, that's that's hindsight is twenty twenty right there. Yeah, but if you watch the first two games and this this Tottenham game, I mean, he he is running that offense. Yes, hindsight in the last three games. I mean, I don't think you can say that. Well, I definitely should have had him on my team from the start. No, maybe, maybe not. But certainly one to one to think about at, the, at that price, right? I mean, if you were eight or nine, then obviously that's a he is a he is the quintessential bandwagon player, and I in in the best way. I mean, he if he keeps it up, he's he's the the Harry Kane of this season. And I yeah. actually transferred him into my squad on Sunday because. Oh, um, he had maxed out his value gain at 5.8 because you're only able to price rise 0.3 million in one week. Yeah. So, and now he's already up to 5.9. Yeah. Now, on top of his form being red hot, his price is red hot. And uh, I knew I just had to get him in because so many times with bandwagon players, you try to ride it out. There's been a lot of a lot of people talking about this as far as Harry Kane. And I was guilty of it last season of like, well, there's no way Kane can keep it up. And that's only going to burn you. And you're only going to just feel like garbage every weekend when you get out of bed and you see you scored another goal. So (laughs) I just wasn't going to mess around. Yeah, that and it's 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 looking a little bit like two seasons ago at the moment where you jump in a bandwagon and that player just keeps performing. You know, um, you Yaya Torre, um, uh, Aaron Ramsey, Aaron Ramsey, and uh, and and uh, Luis Suarez a couple of years ago. It was just everyone jumped in those bandwagons and they just delivered week in and week out. Uh, you know, Vincent Company is the same way right now. Uh, and and Kolarov, I mean, ugh, the Kolarov one kills me because that was one of the last moves I made. Uh, before I finalize my team, I, I have this thing about I, I don't like to have defenders who aren't 
who aren't guaranteed starts, especially if they're over, you know, if I'm planning to play them week in and week out. Yeah. And, you know, Kolarov, you know, ba- so Bakary Sanya um, was, was back on the bench uh, last, or not, not Bakary Sanya. Um, Gail Clichy. Uh, Gail Clichy uh, was back on the bench. That's not uh, the first time you've made that mistake. I was doing this podcast. It's very confusing, right? It's, it's too, it's too, you know, um, French, two, full, fr- two, two, two French fullbacks who played for Arsenal. You know, it's easy to get them confused. And they don't, we'll give it to you. We'll give it to you. So he was back on the bench. And there's, you know, as anyone who's had cholera up in in previous years knows, you just never know. You never know if he's going to start. I mean, uh, you bring him in and he'll score a goal and have a clean sheet and look like the best player on the pitch and take all their free kicks. Yeah. And then he won't start for two weeks in a row. It is a strange phenomenon, isn't it? I mean, it's it's being a specialist, I guess. Like, I don't know if you watched the end of that uh, Sunderland-Swansea game where they brought in um, Seb Larson just to take the final kick of the game. Right, Um, right. But if your free kick specialist is just... A wingback uh, and a streaky one at that. It on a t- on a stacked team like Manchester City. It's um, yeah. it always takes me off guard. Like oh me- yeah, Kolarov's going to come up and take this one. Exactly. So I so I brought in uh, I took him out and brought in Luke Shaw. So it wasn't a complete disaster. Um, I well, just-, uh, just so we can keep the uh, MVP thread running, I was going to say that Luke Shaw is actually my MVP of oh, the week because coincidentally yeah. we both brought in Luke Shaw in our wild cards. And uh, United just has this great run of um, clean sheets that they're they're stringing together. And you just knew, I mean, at home to Newcastle, uh, it just seemed like such a complete gimme. Yeah. That clean sheet. And Luke Shaw has... Almost gave it up in the last, like, three minutes of the game. I don't know uh, if you I was positive the they were going to give it up. <laughs> it's a three-on-one. I don't know how they didn't score. It's, a, it's an actual... It's, it's a, and actually, I think he made a late clearance, which gave him just enough... For a bonus point. To, ...to get his one bonus point, despite having a yellow card. Yeah, no, that that is beautiful. But um, I was pleased to see his performance, because he was playing well. He was getting forward. He was involved in the, t- the attack. And he hasn't been able to st- stay healthy for the last two years yeah um and if he's a constant starter and you got him early at 5.5 i see his price has already gone up to 5.6 yeah i think it actually went up to 5.6 last week now the question for me is he actually may be a one-week player for me um i'm not sure that i'm actually going to keep him um if i make a transfer this week it would be luke shaw uh, out uh because um they're at swansea and i just don't see a clean sheet there uh, although, God, it's so hard to know right now. I he, mean, cro- that, that- he crosses the ball in, so you have to take the good with the bad, right? Okay, so not ev- even 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 you like we were saying, United hosting Newcastle, they could have given up the clean sheet. But so long as Shaw's has attacking potential, he could get you an assist. I mean, look at yeah. your your beloved uh, Caesar Aspilicueta. <laughs> that's that's I know. I mean, who would have thought that that jeez. Uh, yeah, I can't believe how well that's worked out for me so far. Uh, yeah, I mean, I it, ma- it makes me want to throw up, to be honest with weeks. you. Oh, that, that goal he scored. It was a crazy goal. Uh, his first goal in the Premier League, uh, that was, oh, I was so excited. I have had I was, him, I was watching I have that had him in so many fantasy squads and never. <laughs> just total garbage. <laughs> uh, so, um, Okay, so who's your my, loser oh, of the right, week? Right, okay, so my loser of the week is actually uh, also on uh, Menu. It was uh, Memphis Depay. Uh, who I another late move for me. Uh, I took out uh, Yaya Torre. I was going to have a, a stacked um, Man City uh, forward attack, and I brought him to Pi, and I just thought, well, you saw the Chinese financial crisis happening, and you thought I need to diversify, <laughs> right? Yeah, I did. I want I, I wanted more color in my team. It was it was all blue and, and light blue. I wanted some I wanted some red in there, uh, and you know, but I, just at home to Newcastle uh, without. Um, without daily blend, um, it just seemed like um, it seemed like a great opportunity for for him to finally pick up. You know, he scored two goals in midweek, two goals and, it, and an assist against Bruges in the Champions League. You think he was going to ride that form into a home match, and he looked just like he did the first two weeks. Very yeah, tentative. I meant um, I meant Jan Mott, by the way, not not blend. Oh well, I can <laughs> see how you'd mix those two up. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is this is just good. This is just good radio right here. It's all good stuff. <laughs> uh, so listen, I had a I had a loser. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick out my loser in the midfield this week, and it's going to Jefferson Montero because I brought uh, him in. Um, 
As listeners to the first couple weeks of the Always Cheating podcast know, I was a huge fan of his performance against Chelsea, and he was he was one, speaking of guys who had great least last season, end of season form last season, Jefferson Montero looked really good coming into the Swansea team last year. Right. Away to a, you know, Sunderland team that's been shipping goals. Yeah, they have had a leaky defense. I mean, I know Sunderland uh, could show up any given week, especially when they're at home. Um, mm-hmm. But I figured at 6.0, worth a punt, um, and I was ready to put my money where my mouth is, and he looked really tentative. He did not look at all. It was a, it was just like a total bait-and-switch. He did not right. look like the player um, that I had seen the previous two weeks. I'm very disappointed. He gets two points. He didn't. <laughs> he had a couple shots on target. But um, he just really didn't look confident in his service or any of those shots that he took. So um, he he is out for Mraz immediately. I think that's a that's a really easy transfer. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I gained money in that transfer as well. So. Oh, saving money! You're you're saving money. You're making early transfers. I like it. It's I a, mean, that, it's a Geico commercial. It's over one here. of the, it's it, but it's one of those rare weeks where the transfer like it just it like makes itself right. I mean, you don't. There's no point waiting until Friday. Uh, that is just an easy move, um, you know. There's, there's no, there's no like, like you know, like there's price rises and all that, but it's just like that one's just like undoubted, right? I mean, I guess if one of them, it, plays it, it is so undoubted, and because if you, you know, a lot of people played their wild card very early, even more people are going to play their wild card going into game week four, and guess who's going to be the first player that everybody picks up? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you I just mean, have to cover yourself. Yeah, right? there's going to be a real template in a couple of weeks with all these wild cards being played. I mean, everyone's going to have Yaya Torre, Kolarov, or Vincent Company if you want a little more security. Uh, Sergio Aguero is going to meet every team. I mean, it's the, the problem is the people people start to complain about this, but you know, having a template is actually a good thing if you're knowing what the template is. Is a, like like it, it actually gives you room to operate. Like you just have to like you want there to be a template because the template usually is not going to work out in those people's favor long term because they're not going to be willing to like to move from the template having a template in place actually makes it easier to play everybody else i think um because you now know who everyone's going to have and if you you know so if you need to um, make up ground um you know to drop those players you know if the fixtures look like they're not going to be um not going to be great i mean yeah yeah tory long term shouldn't be bringing in six to ten points every week i mean that's just not it's not you know where he is in that offense you know, at his age, I mean, it's just yeah, and and, and we'll get to that when we uh, we're going to talk about the uh, Everton Man City game and where Torre fit into all that. But I think you're right; it, it is an anomaly that Silva and Aguero didn't get any attacking points in this squad. I mean, you've you've said it, and many pundits have said it that Yaya Torre doesn't play as well when Aguero is up front. Yeah, well, and he he looked great against Everton, so who knows? But uh, one would think that unless he's found whatever magic he had two years ago, that this is like kind of a kind of a blip. I mean, we're three weeks in, right? You don't want to draw any long term thirty eight week conclusions from from anything, right? I mean, we all know that within the next two or three weeks, something's going to happen to Sergio Aguero, and he's going to be out for the next six weeks, right? I mean, that guy is. Uh, He's like Jack Wilshire. It's just like, you, you know, the, the, the style that he plays, the aggression in his game, it just it's always going to lead to injuries. And, you know, you just you just have to like you, you can never get too caught up in thinking that this is so and so's year because um, players get injured. Formations change. And um, so I, think, what, what you know, I really think nimbleness is the key to, uh, to to climbing up to the top of your league. I think what you're saying there is all of us will have Wilford Boney in our team at some point this season. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, it's if Aguero is injured, then Boney is really the only forward in that team, right? I mean, I guess uh, I guess you could play Raheem Sterling um, as a forward. Yeah, I guess that uh, would be the plan. You know, they're bringing in um, what's his name from uh, uh, from Wolfsburg. Um, De Bruyne. Uh, yeah, they're bringing in De Bruyne, so I guess that you know he can play as a forward too. I mean, he's not necessarily a forward. He, you know, he's I, I don't know. So, I mean, I guess they could just go with a forwardless rotation if Aguero was out. But you know, really Barcelona style. Yeah, Barcelona style. But but yeah, that's assuming that Boni isn't there. I mean, if Boni if Aguero's out, then Boni becomes incredibly valuable. 
Wow, that sounds like a great folk really, song. Boney wasn't there. <laughs> Boney wasn't there. I felt like I, it took me 8,000 words to say that. Like, I, <laughs> to say something that should have taken like one sentence. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll, we, uh, we'll put it into a blog post and yeah, people can, people can uh, read it and reread it. All right, Josh, let's jump to game week three. Let's talk about these fixtures that happen. We're going to call out three fixtures in particular and talk about them in some detail. Um, okay. But first, let's just uh, – we kind of touched upon the nil-nil draw with United hosting Newcastle and our disappointment with Memphis Depay there. Do you see any chance that Depay is going to uh, – Well, I – Going to work out? He, he's going to stay on my team this week. Uh, I, I, Speaking I know, of differentials, he's got to be a differential now because a lot of people surely have dumped him. Yeah, but I mean, there, there are just so many Man U fans. Uh, I mean, I think his ownership rate is still probably above 20%. Hey, I just met my new downstairs neighbor, and it turns out he's a Man United fan. Oh, interesting. He was giving me the hard sell on Memphis Depay. Oh, really? Is he? It's, does he want to join the Fantasy League? We're not there yet, Josh. I can't. I can't have that. There's only room for one always cheating manager in my building. Sure, no, no, completely understandable. Uh, so, well, this is something I, I started to get into a moment ago uh, when I was talking about Luke Shaw. At some point, Man United is going to have to start scoring goals, and when they do, uh, they're going to have to, you know, loosen up, um, loosen up the defense a little bit, uh, commit more people forward, uh, change the formation. I mean, I, I don't totally understand why they're not scoring more. I mean, I, I, it seems like it's really more of a Wayne Rooney problem than anything else. I don't know that the formation is... Yeah, their tempo is, just doesn't uh, seem to be up enough. I think the ball is moving a little too slowly. Um, yeah. I mean, Wayne Rooney obviously doesn't look like he's on it, but I, uh, they just I, need to move it a little yeah. quicker. And I think you're right. Maybe getting getting the defense to push up and press a little more might help. I don't understand why Ander Herrera isn't, uh, isn't playing more. Um but, you know, I, I don't know how valuable he is from a fantasy perspective. Anyways, his price is really is low at this point. Is that, is that a 6.8? Uh, Mariano Fellaini. Yeah, he had a great back. shot conversion percentage when he started with the Man U last season, I remember. I think it probably tailed off toward the end of the season. But Yeah, and he was injured a lot last year, too. Uh, but Fellaini finally comes back from his suspension, and that could be really interesting. Uh, he's available for 6.5. Uh, and there's at least a chance, I would think, that he slots right back into the starting lineup. Um, they could. They need. They need a spark. Yeah, and if they if there's a six point, you know, if he's if he's playing further forward in kind of a Yaya Torre role, then um, you know he could really have someone to keep an eye out for. So moving on, we got Crystal Palace beat Villa two one. I lost a clean sheet there for uh, for my main man Joel Ward. Speaking of bandwagons, I don't understand why he doesn't score a goal every week. <laughs> Uh, that was disappointing. No, okay, so yeah. that was okay. This reminds me of my uh, classic FPL moment on Saturday morning when uh, there was a good fifteen point turnaround for me within the span <laughs> of five minutes, where uh, I lose a clean sheet with Joel Ward. Uh, mm-hmm. The next instant, I lose a clean sheet with uh, Robert Huth, Leicester versus Spurs. And then at the very same moment, Mraz, uh well, at the very next moment, Mraz scores his goal. You have him on your team. <laughs> so I lose two clean sheets. You get a goal from your midfielder with bonus points to boot. Yeah, all three. Yeah, that was that was brutal. I was surprised so many people jumped on the um, the Crystal Palace bandwagon this week. Uh, their fixtures, and they had so they had the one game to Aston Villa, but then you really have to, I mean, you can't play him for the next... I mean, I, I guess away at Watford in week seven is the next time you'd want to play him. Uh, week four is away to Chelsea. Week five is home to Man City. Week, week six is away to Spurs. Uh, maybe, you, maybe you could play him at Spurs because Spurs are terrible, as we mentioned before. Uh, but, you know, it just seems like you're going to have to bury him in your bench for the next few weeks. I mean, I know it's not no, you, but it's like yeah. a lot of people. Talking about, I, I guess you you can't you just can't bury. There's no way you're going to be able to field three defenders every week where they've they've got a potential clean sheet like yeah, guaranteed. So I like uh, Crystal Palace looks organized. They could mirac- miraculously pull off a clean sheet at any moment. And if you've got a defender who also then, like we were talking about with Luke Shaw, has some attacking potential at four point five, for me it's a no brainer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that, fair enough. Uh, I went with uh, Russell Martin, who worked out uh, incredibly well. My uh, <laughs> own George R. Russell Martin. You stole You stole my move. I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe you didn't, you didn't keep him. I did uh, keep him. He's just on my bench. Oh, he was on your bench. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, so why don't we go right to that game? Uh, the uh, the Norwich uh, Stoke City match, which was actually a pretty interesting game. Yeah, I actually didn't watch that one, so you're going to have to fill me in on all the gory details. Well, Norwich probably should have won. Uh, Jack Butland was incredible, uh, and I, I had him as my keeper in that game. Uh, it was kind of bittersweet because I lost my clean sheet when Russell Martin scored the goal. So, you know, it's kind of, in the end, you always want to, I'm always willing to take six points from a, from a defender. Uh, but I got, I got four out of Butler, which is pretty good, uh, you know, considering considered a goal. Let's see. Let's do the math there. So with with Martin, you get six. With Butland, you get four. So that's ten. So that's an even split of five to five. So that's not <laughs> as good as two clean sheets. That is, that we'll is give good. you that. Yeah, that's true. But I think um, but at that point, uh, Stoke had already scored. So I, you know, the the clean shit on one side was already lost. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't so bad. I couldn't believe it though. So I, I was so gun shy, like because no one on my team had scored uh, the first two weeks of the season. Uh, when I saw on Twitter that Martin had scored, I actually went to uh, the Crystal Palace section of the Fantasy Premier League site and looked to see if there's anyone else named Martin on the team. Like to see if there so was the, like the Norwich section, you mean? Or, yeah, sorry, the Norwich section. Uh, and I was, you know, I'm looking through it. I'm like, is there a Martin in the midfield? Like, did they they bring in a Martin for the forward? I was like, was oh it my Martin God. Lawrence? Was it Martin Lawrence? Uh, a player from my team had finally scored a goal this year. Uh, so yeah, two girl, two goals in a row for Martin, which is crazy. Um, you know, pretty really a valuable someone that people should think about bringing in because he's 4.5 million. Norwich's fixtures the next several weeks are excellent. He's the uh, captain, so he's a guaranteed he's start for the captain, whole season. Yeah, going to start the whole season. Um, kind of looks like that guy from Firefly. You know that show Firefly? Have you ever watched that? Yeah. Uh, uh, no, oh, Nathan, sure, I Nathan, Nathan Fillon. Yes, exactly. That's who it is. Uh, so, yeah, player definitely worth keeping an he's eye on. He's also the author of the hit series The Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, that's right. Exactly. Uh, so, um, and now, now tell me about how Shakiri looked. So you watched the game. I didn't. And, uh, this was his first game for Stoke yep. Bayern, former Bayern Munich player. Yeah. He looked excellent. Uh, Stoke's fixtures coming up are also excellent. Did um, he look, did he look four and a half feet tall or five feet tall? A four, four, eight, you know, a solid four, eight. I mean, he looks like a rugby player. You know, he's all neck. Uh, just, you know, he looks like, I mean, he's got a very unusual body for, for, uh, for, a. A soccer player it just doesn't have that like he's not lean at all he's the op- whatever no, the like like he could yeah. tuck his head between his legs and he could just like roll down the field <laughs> yeah basically yeah uh so he uh he looks excellent uh and you know he's a player i've, I've long loved um you know he's he's the star of that switzerland um team yeah uh, i mean he had a great world cup at seven million uh it's a bit tricky uh i mean seven million you really you're going to need a, it's a consistent. It's a tough one. Yeah, it depends on what your midfield looks like. You know, it's I, I, I like a bigger midfield. I like to have, like, the top players who, who are consistently scoring. Uh, I'm not sure that you're going to get goals. In a, it's, I think it's just too early to judge with him, really. Um, I mean, if he... Was he playing uh, more out on the wings or uh, down the middle or a little of both? Was he kind of all over the place? I think he was, he was all over the place. Uh, I guess he was playing in the middle. Primarily, um, I guess he was subbing in for Jonathan Walters. Um, although, I mean, at this point, he just—he's—I mean, I, I would be surprised if he didn't start every game. Uh, and there was some talk of Jonathan Walters being transferred to uh, uh, some some low, some team lower down the table. <laughs> I, I still can't think of Jonathan Walters without thinking of uh, every time I think of Jonathan Walters. In fact, it's it's actually hard for me to have him in my team because I always think of that game where he missed two penalties and had an own goal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the what 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 has to be the worst game that anyone's ever had in the Premier League, right? I mean, it's up there. It's got to be up there. I mean, you know, I mean, an own goal and two missed penalties. I mean, like, I don't know how you could. I triple captained him that week. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that okay. Stoke team it's, is is you know I don't know. Um, I, I, it still feels a little um, risky to invest in that team right now because they have so many new players. I mean, they've got this weird like. Barcelona and the North thing going on where they keep, you know, picking up all of these players who washed out at top clubs in, in Europe. Yeah, Diouf may be the guy, though. 4.3% ownership at 65 and he's got two yeah. goals now to yeah. his name. He's a little like Benteke. I mean, he's a huge body, uh, you know, really aggressive. Um, you know, it's going to score a lot of headed goals this year. Yeah, good target, uh, man. 
Yeah, good target man. Um, so yeah, I think I think Juf is uh, someone to keep an eye out for. I mean, the the two goals he scored so far have been on headers. Um, he scored the the late goal at um, Tottenham two weeks ago, and then the goal he scored this week was off a, a Shakiri free kick. So um, yeah, very he's an interesting player. Uh, he he kind of looks cool too. Like he's just sort of a fun player to have in your team. Any guy that wears a colorful uh, sweatband on his wrist, he's all good in my book. <laughs> Yeah. Did you like a Negredo then? Remember, of our Negredo, remember, he used to have oh, great, yeah. great Love Negredo. He also had that really cool, like, rosary bead tattoo on his forearm. Yeah, that guy was badass. Um, okay, so the other the other enticing player in this match is going to be Nathan Redman, who uh, finally put in a 90-minute shift for Norwich. And I said last week on the podcast, if he scored three for three, if he scored a third goal this week, I would call him Nene for the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> he only got an assist, but he almost scored a couple of goals. I mean, uh, yeah. And did you hear this thing about um, about Butland too? Where apparently he broke a finger on his left hand. Uh, I did hear this. Yeah, training. played through yeah. the pain. Incredible. Uh, and not listed as a doubt right now. So I guess um, he's just going to keep playing through it. It was never in doubt, Josh. <laughs> okay, so that is that's one of our highlight fixtures. Um, I kind of lamented the Swansea Sunderland game. There, Swansea looked like a little bit of the air had come out. Uh, of them, but we both brought in uh, Gomez during our wild card, and he did deliver a goal. I was very close to captaining him in this game. Yeah, I thought about it too. Uh, uh, very interesting, yeah, scoreline for Gomez so far: six, six, six. Mark uh, of the beast. Uh, yeah, he scored in every game, but the, the problem is he does nothing else, uh, and he get, <laughs> and he's offside a lot. So he's not going to be a bonus point magnet this year. But it looks like he. I mean, he's the center of that attack. He should have scored a second goal late. Uh, you know, probably, uh, you know, if he'd scored that, I'm sure he would be on uh, three bonus points. So, yeah. you know, oh, well. Uh, now we got uh, West Ham Bournemouth three to four. Uh, I pity anyone who uh, has brought in a bunch of West Ham assets. There's one guy in the always cheating mini league who uh, spent his wild card after game week one and loaded himself up with West Ham players. Mm-hmm. And uh, West Ham is looking like dog shit right now. We mentioned this on our Twitter page, but uh, yeah, it, it's possible we may, we may have read too much into an awesome performance against Arsenal. <laughs> like, if it, if a team performs well against the Arsenal defense, Reese Oxford will no earn out for me. They're a good team. No, yeah, it, it's very true. Um, but Wilson with the hat trick, Colin Wilson coming up uh, as a great goal scorer in the championship, and he gets his hat trick in their third game. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. That, it, it probably band, won't keep up, right? Yeah, that that bandwagon seems a little a little full to me. I mean, I, I guess if you had a player, you know, if you had um, a six million defender or a six point five, you know, if you had somebody who wasn't really performing for you so far, then that's an obvious pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I guess if I were wild carding this week, I probably would have brought him in instead of Troy Deeney, uh, who I did bring in. Uh, now, by the way, er, ever since you made the joke that Troy Dini sounds like, like a, a magician, like a, like a Brazilian, um, uh, Brazil. like a Brazilian <laughs> midfielder, uh, that's how I hear it in my head now. It's, it's always Troy Dini. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, that's that's the way I like it. Uh, I am surprised that Watford has this, the last two games that actually looked threatening uh, in both games. Um, I don't know. I'm probably going to cut bait on the on the Troy Deeney experience sometime soon. <laughs> I, I don't know when it could happen, though. I think. Uh, I mean, I guess you need to invest in a Watford defender, right? They they close up shop back there. And the problem with having a cheap third forward is it takes forever to get them out of your team. Yeah. Because unless there's an obvious move, and I'm not sure that moving uh, Deeney to Callum Wilson is the obvious move right now, even though uh, Bournemouth have pretty good. You know, I'm actually starting to talk myself into this Callum Wilson thing. I've I, I gone in a circle as we talk oh, about live it. on air. <laughs> uh, it's like War of the Worlds. I mean, Dini is away at Man City next week, so um, if you can get away with not playing him, you would. Uh, but after that, it's uh, home to Swansea, away to Newcastle, home to Crystal Palace, away to Bournemouth. Uh, all games where you'd happily start him. Um, you know, then it's home to Arsenal, away to Stoke. Uh, so you know, I don't know. I you, I may I may get off the the Dini Express right now. I may stay on. Uh, kind of depends on what it's I do. It's moving slow shot. enough that you could just sort of step off. I think. I want the rest of the podcast to be twenty minutes of me talking about the pluses and minuses <laughs> of, of moving Freitini into Callum Wilson. Uh, because five point five. I mean, the, let's let's take a quick look here. Um, I mean, at five, like at, at the at the sub six price point, uh, you're talking about Wilson or or Kone. Wilson, Kone, Defoe, Jeremy Vardy are the players you'd be looking at. Okay, uh, I, I would I would I would have to go with Vardy out of that group. Well, Kone is interesting if you can wait a couple more weeks because Kone in 
let's see here. Uh, Everton have a couple of tough fixtures. They're away to Spurs and home to Chelsea. Uh, and then even away to Swansea isn't great. Um, and in fact, <laughs> well, actually looking at it, really, if, if you could if you could wait until week 11, that would be the time to bring in Kone. Because, yeah. My uh, bigger concern would be, is Kone going to start in all of those games or even play? I mean, he's got that Wigan, Wigan connection with Robert Benitez. And right. he's looked good. He, he, he was injured last season. He looked pretty good in the Man City game, too. Yeah. But if you, if you can wait until week 11, if, you, if you've got incredible patience or if you just want to bring in somebody else in the meantime, uh, week 11 uh, through week 18 is uh, away to Sun- home to Sunderland, away to West Ham, home to Aston Villa, away to Bournemouth, home to Crystal Palace, away to Norwich, home to Leicester, away to Newcastle. Yeah. I mean, you would want two or three Everton defenders for that run, I would think. Um, I mean, you definitely want a defender. Um, you probably want an attacker. I mean, I, I may load up uh, heading into week 11. I'll make a mental note. Yeah, please do. I mean, do you yeah, remember? I'm just, do you remember I'm just the, giving it all away? Do you remember the <laughs> pleasures of uh, fielding Kone that season that Wigan went down? And all, it was like the last five weeks, Kone could not stop scoring goals. Yeah. Was he the one who scored the goal in the FA Cup final? I, no, it wasn't. It was some. I feel like it was some defender or something. Remember, it was a one. It was a one nil game, uh, the final. And yeah, scored, you're, like, you're really testing minute. my memory here. I mean, Nathan Phil and I had to Wikipedia. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, okay, yeah. let's let's move on on the game week three f- fixtures. Um, West Brom, Chelsea, two to three. Um, De- uh, Diego Costa finally got on the score sheet, and then of course Pedro. We can't not talk about Pedro. Yeah, and that mustache. What a mustache! <laughs> I mean, that is that is a classic mustache. I mean, that is like. That is like someone that, like he, like, like, he like he was on the California dad's. Highway Patrol. It really is. I mean, like you're like when your mom gets divorced and starts dating somebody new, he looks like Pedro, right? <laughs> How awesome like, would that be if your mom brought Pedro home? <laughs> I mean, he looks he looks about thirty nine. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah like, he looks like he's 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 been places. He's seen yeah. shit. He looks like a normal guy. Like Pedro, I, was, I always felt like the most boring player on, on Barcelona for some reason. There's just nothing like interesting about him. Uh, uh, so yeah, Pedro at, at nine point five million uh, didn't get too much fanfare. I will say, I, mean, I felt like it wasn't like um, I don't know. I mean, like he's a great player. I mean, I felt like when you yeah, know, he could be Sanchez esque this season. Yeah, really. exactly. I mean, Sanchez got so much fanfare in Jordan Arsenal last year, and Pedro kind of joined, and it was kind of a shrug. Uh, but that, yeah, they just needed somebody like him, and he he was so direct. I uh, wonder if the anticlimax was everyone was had been talking about him going to Man United for so long. And then uh, Chelsea did their classic swoop in and and take the booty. Right. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're Maybe like, that just soured like, the whole story. They're like the bald eagles of the Premier League. <laughs> they just uh, they, they, they swoop in and take somebody else's food. All right. Now, we really wanted to talk about this uh, fixture between Everton and Man City. City uh, winning 2-0 away at Goodison right. Park. Uh, well, you may, you may really want to talk about it. I actually thought it was a slightly boring game, to be honest. It was, I, I felt like Man City just squeezed the life out of Everson as that game went on. I mean, it was, it was, they, were, they looked so strong in that game. I mean, it was, there, was, there was really no there – was, you know, there was no moment when you felt like Everton was going to win that game. Yeah, it was uh, – I mean, it, I guess there was, there was the offside goal for, for Lukaku early on, um, mm-hmm. but pretty, pretty clearly offside, right? I mean, assuming that uh, you felt like um, – uh, you know, play was um, was impeded in some way. Um, it was sort of the light version of Chelsea Man City from the previous week, where uh, Man City always looked in, looked in control, but it was like you were saying, just a matter of them tightening and tightening the vice. And Aguero was getting all this great service right in front of goal, and he just could not slot the ball slot the ball past Tim Howard. Yeah, just like Begovic was was shutting him down in the first half of that Chelsea game. Yeah, I mean, we didn't. Neither of us got any. We both brought in Aguero and Silva, and um, you know, I didn't get any points from another player, but I, I certainly couldn't feel bad about having them. I mean, Silva almost scored in the second half. Yeah, uh, I mean, the big takeaway from that game was Silva is the greatest player in the Premier League right now. <laughs> he is. Fun. He's such a great player to watch. Yeah, like you know, it just he's just fun. He's fun to have on your team because you get to root for someone who is so creative and uh and he also looks cool always seems space. like a nice guy mm-hmm. yeah he's awesome i'm definitely inviting him to my birthday <laughs> uh, i mean so I, I guess the other thing the other thing you can say about this game is we were so high on everton last week i think we all knew everton then coming into the city game there was going to be a diminish a 
there was going to be a downturn in returns, right? Yeah, they were the, they were the market correction team this week. I mean, a lot of the other bandwagon players uh, performed, and Everton players, Everton, Everton's players didn't. Um, I wouldn't Lukaku, abandon. Lukaku, yeah, Lukaku still looked pretty good. They did. Uh, I mean, the ever yeah. the whole team looked. They looked. They still looked organized and kept their shape. They didn't look bad. They they will. I feel like they will get something from this game, and that they yeah. they won't lose that form that you saw. The previous week. The question is, what happens if 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 John Stones, who apparently turned in a transfer request today to Everton uh, to make a move to Chelsea, if if he leaves, then I don't know what that defense looks like because you'll have um, you know Baines is out for several weeks. Uh, What's up with Galway? Because he had to be um, yeah stretched off. So Galway is yeah he's I, you know he's listed at seventy five percent right now. So I'm, okay. I'm not I'm not actually sure. Uh, if if this guy they'll Browning probably, slots in, if Tyus Browning comes in, then he's four million, uh, which would be uh, you know if you get a, if you get a starting defender on Everton for four million, that would be pretty phenomenal. And now they uh, they showed this guy on screen on NBC about five thousand times during this match, but I still still didn't soak in what exactly his name is. Name is this new uh, central defender that Everton brought in to replace John Stones, right? Um, let's see, is he has he been posted to the uh, to the game yet? Do oh, we know how much he costs? It, Okay, so it looks like they haven't posted him uh, to the game yet, but um, the mysterious man from a European league will be slotting into that central <laughs> defense. He's, I'm, I don't know how seamless it will be. I mean, John Stones is by reputation a great central defender. He hasn't he hasn't like blown me away to start the season. He was at fault for uh, at least one of those goals in game week one. Yeah, it's. I, so I, I, meaning, Coleman I don't think excellent. that Everton's going to yeah. lose a great deal. Yeah, but I mean, he's still a player to replace. You know, I mean, it's right. still a. Yeah. You know, they, lo- they lose a lot long term in the short right. term, fantasy wise. Uh, maybe not. You probably don't have to rethink your entire approach. Uh, it makes Seamus Coleman less uh, less tempting, I suppose. Although he, I thought he looked great in that game. Uh, Seamus Coleman is the one who. Uh, I, you know, I thought if they were going to score uh, against Man City, I thought I think Seamus Coleman would have been involved in the in the scoring in some capacity, whether he was, uh, you know, with an assist or, or a yeah. zone. Uh, so he's someone interesting. But you know, if that defense is going to lose a couple more players, uh, I guess you just have to stay away at least until. Yeah. So for City like you, I was a little scared off of Kolarov, but I wanted some defensive coverage. I ended up bringing in Joe Hart uh, as my starting keeper, and I'm feeling pretty good about that. However. You do lose that attacking potential that a Kolarov or or any other or company would give you. Yeah, I, I you probably won't regret it because the next five or six weeks you're really going to be you're going to be you you're like you're going to love having him on your team. I had to wait until this week to get my only clean sheets of the game, and I got Luke Shaw and Joe Hart, and these clean sheets have been a long time coming, and I'm just going to be happy to have at least one player that I can set and forget. Yeah. And, and- uh, and then if you if you want you know if you need money in uh, in a few weeks time uh, you know at at five point five million you could probably bring in someone for a million cheaper and, and you know move that money into the midfield or yeah line or something like now, that. Now I don't know if I'm going to regret this. Uh, I weirdly uh, brought in Joe Hart and then also at five brought in Fabianski, Chelsea goalkeeper, um, for no other reason than thinking about playing my bench boost at some point. Hmm. So, I mean, uh, I'm going to wait until there's a week where both of these guys are at home and I'm going to be tempted to then play that chip. Yeah, that's I, – I feel like the, the chips – I can't even see them right now. Like the chips to me are good. I can't imagine playing them for the next like 15 or 20 weeks. Like I feel like I'm, def, I'm definitely going to wait until uh, until we get some double game weeks. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm just going to try to pretend they're not – I don't want to even be tempted by them until I get a double game week. I mean I'm not saying that they have to be built around double game weeks but – it's just it's just too early in the season. I just I, you know I feel like I don't know how anyone's going to perform yet. I mean a lot of these teams. I mean Man U is not going to be winning games one nothing or or drawing them nil nil for too much longer, right? You'd think they'd figure it out, um, and once they do, it'll be more tempting to to play those. True that. Um, okay, let's please skip over the Watford Southampton game. I I like so many people throughout the last two years get stuck on this. Um, uh, Graziano Pele um, train <laughs> that, yeah. that just causes you to look into the mirror and question what reality is. 
<laughs> yeah, I just I couldn't do it. I, I had him for too many weeks last year. We didn't perform, and I, I just I couldn't get on the the Pele train. So, yeah. um, can we can we quickly unpack this Arsenal Liverpool game? I mean, we could basically just bash Arsene Wenger for the next five minutes. Well, so there's this kind of new argument that's 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 come up, which is just that Arsenal have worked. They just haven't been accurate with their shooting. That they've had, they've had more shots on goal than any other team in the Premier League uh, through the first two weeks of the season. But, or I, I should say, they've had more shots, not not necessarily shots on goal. Uh, and they're just not making. There's there's not scoring. They're not they're not being accurate. And um, I mean, you do see it in that game. I mean, that game was so open. I mean, I, I, part of it was probably because because Kashani and uh, and Murtisak were both. Uh, you know, dropped at the last minute um, for injury and illness. But um, yeah, that game could have been 3-3. You know, I mean, that game could have been a West Ham, Bournemouth-style 4-3 game. Yeah, Arsenal just lacks that viciousness. They lack the bite in front of goal. They seem very eager to make the next pass, but nobody seems really eager to postage stamp the ball past the goalkeeper. I I heard someone mention this. uh, It may have been in a podcast, but it would be great to like, you know, this this kind of thing never happens. But it would be great to see a guy like Charlie Austin on Arsenal. Like, can you imagine just someone with a we've fallen quite a ways from your uh, Ibrahimovic call last podcast. I'm I'm getting desperate. You know, they 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 just need they need they need another forward. I mean, they really don't have one. I mean, Theo Walcott is not a forward and. I mean, Chuba Akpom is now on uh, Hull, so I, I don't know what I don't know what Wenger is thinking. Uh, it's just uh, it's so frustrating. I don't either. I think he's waiting for that midfield to step up. But Sanchez, Ozil, Ramsey, they haven't been on target. I think less of the pressure needs to be on Giroud, even though he is the striker. He's the man that's meant to be scoring. But when Arsenal seem to really be clicking, they're just basically using Giroud as a backboard. Uh, it's it's so frustrating. I mean, I, I know that, you know, strikers who score at will don't grow on trees. But, God, you know, like, you know, it sounded for a while like Higuain might have been back on the market. And, I mean, even though that guy, like, never performs on the international level, uh, he is a great uh, league scorer. And, uh, you know, someone like him would be interesting. I, I don't know. I just. I don't know if it's playing him out of position, but maybe they could just bring Poku over. Oh, Poku. No. Dare to dream. Oh, oh, yeah. Poku. Sweet yeah. Poku. Well, NYCFC's God King. <laughs> so um, I was watching this game at work at my desk with uh, on my on my cellular mobile telephone, and mm-hmm. you know I do the whole thing where it's it's the, the phone is facing down, and then when I hear the announcers' voices start to escalate, flip the phone over, and see if I can see any action. Um, so this is really what my life has come to. <laughs> um, but I was I tuned in for a couple key moments. I saw Czech's save on Benteke, which was which was just so far out, man. I mean, yeah, it was fantastic. What a save! Yeah, if it, if I were if I had uh, dumped Benteke with my wild card, and had I still had him, I think I think my bottom would have dropped out. <laughs> just would have dropped right out. Just dropped right out, right on the floor. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, it was just a strange. I, I don't even know what to say about that game. Really, it was it was very strange. Uh, it I guess because I actually had no players in that game, so for me, nil nil was acceptable. I so many people started Liverpool defenders in that game. I was, was kind of shocked uh, because if I had a Liverpool defender, I would not have started them in that game, uh, and, and it did work out for them. Uh, so you, you, you feel like you could be so choosy with your defenders. I, yeah, I, I like to. I mean, I like to. I like to bring in uh, four, four and four point five million midfielders. So do you, the, you do like a defenders. wholesale defense transfer every week? You burn like eight points on uh, defenders every week. No, I just felt like when I was wide carding, I, I did spend a long time thinking about the next five or six weeks and what kind of defender rotations I wanted. It was a so in terms of like total league standing, I guess it worked out okay because. Ozil, Ramsey, Benteke, Alexis, none of them scored. And uh, certainly uh, all four of them could have. I mean, Aaron Ramsey did score, and it should have counted. Uh, it's basically just anyone with uh, Joe Gomez or the oddball that's got Simon Mignolet back there were the ones that benefited. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people have Nathaniel Klein, too. Uh, and he's actually oh, he's someone I'm thinking about bringing in for next week uh, because Liverpool do have a nice run coming up. Uh, so, yeah. Worked out okay. 
Just as a little palate cleanser, Josh, I wanted to um, talk a little bit about the Wikipedia research I was doing earlier today. I was following some of the um, some of the cup matches that were happening this afternoon uh, among the twenty. Well, there was like twenty one different games happening, and uh, I'm a Fulham fan, as everybody knows. And I was you you always you always end up with this question about the history of your club, and you run to Wikipedia to try and answer it. Sure. And I was drawn to the bottom of the page, um, the section called "Club Mascot Controversy." Now, let's be clear: there is no section of this Wikipedia for just the club mascot. There is only a section for club mascot controversy. <laughs> okay. And I just want to read this uh, to you out loud, and I want you to take from it what you will. Okay. The Fulham mascot is Billy the Badger, who was the winning design sent in by Kyle Jackson after an online competition by the club. Billy the Badger wears the number 79 Fulham shirt in reference to the club's year of founding, 1879. Controversy first surrounded Billy when he tried to cheer up Chelsea manager Avram Grant during the home match in front of the television cameras. Secondly, Billy was seen on television being sent off during a home game against Aston Villa on Sunday the 3rd, February 2008, for breakdancing in the corner of the pitch after the referee had commenced the game. Billy blamed his badger hearing and eyesight for the incident and apologized to referee Chris Foy. On 11 March 2009, Billy walked across the goal during a match, though it was not <laughs> spotted by the referee. The former mascot for Fulham was Sir Craven of Cottage, the knight. A scantily clad girl dancers, the scantily clad girl dancers got a were known. Emotional for a second there. <laughs> the scantily clad girl dancers were known as the Cravenettes. <laughs> now I love how they just throw in the, they toss in the Cravenettes there um, in the controversy. Uh, in the controversy segment, with no editorializing of, of any kind. So are the, were the Cravenettes, were they controversial because they were scantily clad? I don't know. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know either. Um, I And why don't they still have them? <laughs> Crystal <laughs> Palace, know, they have their dancers still, I think. They're almost the only team that does, though, right? Like, it's, I think very, so, yeah. Very few teams have the – I mean, the cheerleader thing is a weird thing. It's really only in American football that you see it. Right, there, there are no cheerleaders in baseball, no cheerleaders in, uh, in. Um, I mean, bas- basketball, I like, basketball, basketball. Well, you I have guess them. I, you have dancers, though. I feel like dancers <laughs> are. It's a little different, you know. Unless you talk about college ball, because then you have cheerleaders. Uh, you have cheerleaders and dancers at a college basketball game. I feel like this this podcast might go two or three hours if we want to debate the difference between dancers and cheerleaders. <laughs> I think basically cheerleaders are to cheer you up, and dancers are to bring you entertainment in between. In between, uh, you know, timeouts or something, right? So, because yeah, yeah. they come out, they dance, but they're not really being, you know, they're not like, give us a, you know, give us a B, give us a whatever, you know? I, I, I especially like this. They look very serious when they're out there. I know, I know mascots are near and dear to your heart because uh, in a, uh, on a former site that you and I worked on together, you did an, uh, a 20 team breakdown of the best mm-hmm. mascots in the Premier League. This was maybe like one or two seasons ago. I think uh. that's it, – it's what really drove me away from that website I think too is I, I think I spent like – I mean I, I probably spent two weeks putting that thing together. Like it was so, yeah, it was, it was so a very serious breakdown about their, the, the generic appeal of each mascot, the, the cool right. factor, the kids like them. I should have tried to get it published somewhere. I, I think the problem was that you know, it, it like turned me away from Tumblr. I'll tell you that much because Tumblr, it's just – it's so like – Unless you just want to see yourself out there, you know, like if you just if if being published with no feedback at all is what you're interested in, then Tumblr. Yeah, is you're great. basically just looking at straight metrics and in a very <laughs> narrow capacity. It's just likes and and reposts, right? That's it. Like no one's ever like, "Hey, great job." It's just, "Hey, three people who you never heard of, two of whom are bots, uh, like this post." Okay, so um, let's just jump right to game week four, shall we? You want to run through these yeah. these uh, upcoming fixtures real quick? Let's do it. Uh, yeah, let's. We'll, we'll we'll do this quick because we are we we have somehow at the hour mark. I'm not I'm not sure how we did that. We're just good just, friends talking. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what it is. That that's the bio on the iTunes page, right? Absolutely, it will be now. All right, so uh, let's let's run through this in order. Uh, first game is uh, Newcastle Arsenal. Uh, theoretically, this would be a game when Arsenal could uh, put three or four past them, even on the road. Uh, Newcastle looked pretty solid in the game against Man United. They did. Colicini really sh- uh, put with that defense into shape. But do we have any faith that Newcastle can string two of those games together? 
Oh, do we have any faith that Arsenal can consistently <laughs> score? Uh, I, I I would predict something like 2-0 Arsenal, uh, but it still seems like uh, who who's going to score? I mean, I, I, it would be interesting. I, I think there's a good chance that we see Theo Walcott in this game. Uh, yeah, that would be great. I mean, I'm yeah. still I'm still fielding Mesut Ozil, and he he didn't look as as great in game week three, but uh, I'm I'm hoping he involves himself yeah, in he, some. He fashion. still looked okay, I think. Yeah. Uh, next game is uh, Aston Villa Sunderland. Um, Barf. Pretty good clean sheet potential here, I would think, for Aston Villa. Uh, yeah. Although yeah. Sunderland have scored, they've scored every game. So Villa just went into uh, extra time in their cup match today, and they uh, won. Ended up winning four four goals to three, I think it was. Is that against Notts County or something? Yeah. Like that? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't. It's not, not great. Yeah. They did great. win though. So, Sin- hey, and Sinclair got a hat trick. So maybe you could ride his form, or they're just going to be tired. Mm-hmm. Or um, mentally broken down. I actually added Ashley Westwood uh, to my team uh, during the uh, wild card. He picked up a bonus point uh, against Crystal Palace. Gotta like that. Yeah, so I think he's probably going to start in place of Troy Deeney uh, for that game. And I'll go five across the midfield. That's that's the current thinking. All out attack. Yeah, so yeah, all out attack. <laughs> uh, so we'll see. Uh, next match is uh, Bournemouth Leicester. Uh, no idea what to expect here. Uh, yeah, I, well, nil nil or three three would neither one would surprise me. Yeah, Leicester can't seem to keep a clean sheet, but they they've got the fight. Um, mm-hmm. I would and guess Bournemouth. they'll win. I think they'll win. I think Leicester is is, and they and they won three zero their cut match today, so they're still riding that that form. And you would think that 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 Marez would be involved with more. I God, it just he looks so solid right now. Yeah, I have Albrighton sitting on my bench as well, and that's a good one-two punch if I feel like Lester is really going to show up and turn the screws. Yeah, I think if I had both of those guys, I would I would, I would play both of them in that match. Yeah. All right, who's uh, next? Uh, Chelsea Crystal Palace. Uh, one one keeps expecting a bounce back game from Chelsea, and uh, this seems like a great opportunity uh, for it to happen. I I held the faith with Hazard. Uh, I did. I was rewarded with an assist, and. Um, this certainly seems like the kind of game where he would shine, so I'm, I'm really holding out hope that he will. Uh, I had actually thought about bringing in Diego Costa, and uh, I was really kicking myself after his performance uh, last weekend because uh, against West Brom because he just looked so like it, it was kind of like he was he was rounding himself into shape. You know, the last mm-hmm. couple it seemed like this. Could we happen. weren't his biggest fans on the show last week, though. No, we weren't, but I think. Um, <laughs> I've changed my mind. I'm, I'm a new man. You're a flip flopper. <laughs> yeah, I'm a flip flopper. Uh, but at 11 million, I mean, unless you're wild card, and it's, he's just a hard guy to bring in. I, I actually like. I sort of tinkered with my team a little bit to see how I could do it, uh, and it would really require three transfers. Um, unless well, the, I, yeah, the unless way- I just uh, it was a, if I did a, sw- a straight swap for Hazard for, uh, you know, if I, if I brought out Hazard and brought in Costa, then I could do it in two moves. But then that kind of what's the point, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, the way Costa zeroed in on that goal that was assisted by Pedro, though, that is what we're talking about when we're talking about a striker for Arsenal. He was just a pure animal going for that ball, and there was no way they were not going to score a goal on that play, and he made sure of it. So that that alone um, agreed, would be enough for me to bring him in. Uh, next game is Liverpool-West Ham. Uh, I think West Ham look terrible at the moment. Uh, Liverpool look pretty good, you know. I mean, I think they've got to be happy with the draw there. I think um, the defense looked really good. Martin Skirtle looked fantastic. Uh, I would. They're still not really scoring, but I, I could see this game being another like a one a one nil or a two nil. Yeah, given how rickety West Ham's defense was against Bournemouth, you have to be happy to have Benteke up front yep. right now. He's got to be good for a goal this weekend. Yep, agreed. Uh, Man City Watford is the next game. Yeah, um, so this is the reason why you wouldn't captain Benteke <laughs> in that game. Yeah, it's because uh, something like, I mean, all these various forums, right? Fantasy Football Scout, etc. Like you're gonna, you know, you're gonna see eighty percent of the people that frequent those sites captaining Aguero in this game, and it's it's so irresistible. I mean, at home to Watford, even though Watford have actually kept two clean sheets, uh, you just you know that is just such a like you're licking your lips. In anticipation of that. Would you entertain the thought of captaining David Silva in this game? Yeah, I, I would actually. Um, I think that would be kind of a, 
a cool differential move. I mean, it's just too early in the season for differentials, right? Yeah. I mean, like in week four, I feel like you just got to pick the one player who you think is going to do the best. I mean, I guess I, I, I do feel like I'm, I'm trying to make up ground like overall. So, you know, if I really cared about my overall rank, if I really wanted to climb into the top thousand this year or something like that, maybe I would go for Silva. But, I, you know, I, I just think Aguero is the, the obvious choice. Yeah, keep your sights set on the top two million for the time being. Yeah, indeed. Who's uh, next? Uh, next game is uh, Stoke West Brom, and uh, that game. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, West Brom looked actually okay. I would be. I would. I would be excited to watch this game. They mm-hmm. uh, West Brom looked really well organized against Chelsea. They showed a lot of determination to stay in that game, despite uh, totally blowing it with the missed penalty that would have changed the entire shape of things. Yeah. yeah. And Stoke the same the same deal. They look like a resilient, organized, um, uh, mentally tough, confident squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two great be, two great managers. Yeah, I, I could see this being a one one game, uh, and and they're also really close to each other. I think Stoke and West Brom are like maybe sixty miles away. Yeah, I guess or, I'm, whatever that is in kilometers, seventy five kilometers. I think I'm thinking about this too much from a fan perspective. Yeah, from the fantasy perspective, I I don't know what's worth playing here. Um, I mean, maybe well, I, maybe you I, just I have, have to go for a clean sheet. I have Jack Butland, uh, so I'm I, I'm certainly uh, planning to play him in this game. And uh, you know, I think that maybe um, you know, if you had a one of those 4.5 million Stoke defenders, he'd be worth playing in this game as well. What about Rondon? Rondon's going to – he he was just warming up against Chelsea. Yeah, he looked pretty good. So, yeah, another one to keep an eye on. He's going uh, to snatch that clean sheet right away from you. <laughs> I he's going to jam I, it in right, right up Butlin's butt. I can, already, I can already imagine it. I can envision it. <laughs> uh, the last game on Saturday is Spurs-Everton at uh, 12.30. Uh, twelve thirty Eastern. That is. Um, so, can we agree that we just want to see Spurs go down in flames as quickly as possible? They're not a terribly likable team right now. They really aren't. Uh, I know. I'm so. I'm just so done with that team at the moment. I mean, it just it never changes with them. Uh, and a lot of people in our in our fantasy league are Spurs fans, but it's even they feel the same way, right? I mean, this team is just not fun to watch yeah, right now. Yeah, I was head-to-head against somebody this week who had captained Harry Kane, and I, I would have banked on Harry Kane scoring a goal against Leicester. There's just, yeah, I mean, what, you know, once Christian Eriksen uh, was out, it, it really didn't look good for, for yeah. Kane. I guess Kane, no on the goal that Spurs actually did end up scoring, um, Ali, mm-hmm. Bamadeli Ali, you could you could see the reason he scored that was Kane got the ball and drew uh, like all four Leicester defenders to him like a magnet and the ball popped <laughs> right. out and it was uh, more or less an open net. Yeah. Um, so I mean, while Kane is to credit, people are just playing him so hard right now. Yeah, I'll, and Ali is uh, four point nine. So I guess if he if he started playing more consistently, he'd be one to keep an eye out for. But yeah. I, I don't know what to expect from this game. I really don't. I mean, I, I think that I I I, would, I actually would expect Everton to win this game. Uh, maybe like you know two nil or two one something along those lines. I'm going. Uh, with, I'm going with your prediction on this one. Yeah. Uh, the then we come to Sunday. Uh, the first game is Southampton Norwich. Uh, Southampton looked a lot better uh, yesterday or last week against Watford. Uh, still aren't scoring, uh, but the defense uh, finally came together, which you would have expected, right? I mean, yeah. After everyone dumped all their Southampton defensive assets, <laughs> yeah, they of exactly. course came together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Norwich looked really good in that game. Uh, you, you know, you think, uh, I mean, Nathan Redmond just looks so solid right now. He's playing really far forward. Nay, nay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this, that one's like, you know, I don't know, 1-1. Yeah, Seems hope, like I a mean, probable scoreline there. It would be great to have a nice open game here, high scoring. Yeah. Uh, and then the final game is, uh, no Sunday games this week. Uh, the final game is Swansea Man United. And uh, no, no Monday game, you mean? No, no Monday game. What did I say? Sunday? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, no Monday game this week. I'm getting tired. You know, I, I'm tired. I'm hungry. <laughs> it's been a long podcast. We're at the, we're at the last fixture. Uh, yeah, no Monday game this week. It's the we final do have Sunday like game. 30, 34 more weeks to go, 35 more weeks to go. So <laughs> just brace yourself. <laughs> so uh, we, uh, so Swansea have looked excellent all year. Uh, Man United have looked defensively solid, but haven't really scored. Uh, you would think they'd have to open up a little bit uh, in this game to win it, uh, which could be really good for Memphis Depay. Um, 
but you know, I mean, I wouldn't put Pasco Mies to score in this game as well. It's really uh, I, I, this should be a fascinating game. I'm really excited about this one. I I predict that John Joe Shelby will score a 35 year 45 uh, will score a 35 yard screamer. <laughs> I'm gonna say a 35 year old screamer. Like, <laughs> he he will shoot a 35 year old man into the goal, goal screaming. Only, only a 35 year old can score that goal. <laughs> no, uh, I, I'm predicting yeah. a screamer, the uh, the eyeglasses celebration, and then um, Man United will weirdly um, let level a fluke late goal to tie it one one. All right, that's that that sounds about right. Uh, all right, Brandon, I think that's. I think we've covered it. Uh, only we have that, anyone who has stuck with us. Know about the fantasy. League. Yeah, if you've stuck with us this long, you are going to be very well prepared going into game week four. <laughs> Definitely true. Uh, we do have uh, really good news. We have a new podcast feed on iTunes. So. Um, you have to go and resubscribe to Always Cheating on iTunes. Now you can go search Always Cheating or Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League. Yep. Go there and subscribe and rate and review if if you're so kind. That would be awesome. Yep, we're also on we're on SoundCloud and on Stitcher. Stitcher Radio, yeah, you can subscribe there as well. And on social media, where can we be found, Josh? We can be found. We're at Hail Cheaters on Twitter or AlwaysCheating.com. Uh, yeah, awesome. And we've got a new little uh, logo look going on. If you hate it, let us know. If you love it, let us know. Um, yeah, but uh, uh, we'll have more podcasts coming to you next week. All right. I'm excited. Talk All to right. you later, Brandon. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, thanks. You too. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.